you're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in an open and spontaneous debate and discussion about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand our musical horizons and cover a great range of artists and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Soundrise Podcast. Today I think we're in for a very interesting episode as we're talking about the 90s new metal pioneers, Korn. Hello Alexander, how are you today? Hello Vlada, hello guys, I'm great. I've been thinking recently a lot about the fact that this is a typical time of the year where when um, a lot of music festivals and events take place so i'm really kind of having that strange feeling that nothing is actually taking place nowadays and i'm really curious to know how our listeners and also you vlada uh, take this do, do you do you also feel strange well i really miss live shows and i can't wait for all these bands to be lifted and to be able to enjoy live music again but right now we all have to be responsible so we have to be a bit patient for the sake of humanity absolutely absolutely well said so today's band is as you said corn the new metal pioneers uh, one of the probably most well-known acts from the 90s and now i'm gonna give you a little uh, introduction of this band. So this band was formed in 1993 in California. Uh, it was formed by members uh, of the previously funk metal band called LAPD. And uh, I'm not really surprised that it was a funk metal uh, band because uh, it featured the, the, the bassist Fieldy. And you can, if, if, if you're a fan of Korn, if you have listened to some of their records, you can uh, sense a little bit of funk there, especially because Fieldy, the corn bassist, uh, tends to slap the bass a lot. Um, the next, uh, the next want to say, the next thing that I want to say is that uh, they have been really consistent with their personnel. So from 1993 onwards, uh, they have only uh, replaced one drummer, which was David Silveria. He left in 2006, and now they have. Uh, the drummer called uh, Ray Luzier. The rest of the the rest of the personnel are basically the same, and it's really interesting that they have also uh, their nicknames. So the bass player uh, has the nickname Fieldy. Uh, the guitarists have nicknames Monkey and Head. Uh, but the vocal the vocalist uh, the famous vocalist uh, decided to uh, keep his original name Jonathan Davis. So this band uh, gained first mainstream su success when they released uh, their album Follow the Leader in 1988 and uh, the, the follow-up uh, called Issues in 1999. Their debut album, their self-titled debut album, was released in 1994, though. And um, this, this, uh, this band is really known for introducing this new new type of metal music which is kind of different from the from the typical heavy metal 
from the 70s and the 80s. So this was something that marked a new era for uh, for metal music and I kind of feel that a lot of metal fans are split when it comes to when it comes to their taste. Um, this band has released uh, 13 albums so far, so far, and they have also been associated with some famous record labels like Elektra and Virgin. And finally, I want to say that uh, this band cites. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Faith No More as their biggest influences among other bands, of course. So, so that's something about Korn, and I now want to quickly share um, a background, my personal background story with this band, because I was the one that chose this band uh, for for this episode. This is actually the first, my first uh, metal band, the first metal song or probably one of the first uh, metal songs that I've ever heard. I can't really recall the first one. Uh, it was their cover of the famous song Word Up, and I really liked it. I still do, and the video, uh, the video for that, the music video for that song is really funny because it features uh, a video where, where um, the, band, the band members are uh, pictured as dogs, so they have dog bodies, but their heads are their, let's say, natural heads. Their original faces are instead of uh, dog dog faces. So, dear listeners, if you want some fun, go go over and uh, watch that clip. So, the records that we're going to talk about today are their two big records. Follow the leader and issue that I have already mentioned. So we decided to kind of mix things up a bit. We usually start our discussion uh, with uh, with the band's debut album, but now we want to start with their two big albums and their latest release um, called "The Nothing," which was released last year, uh, 2019. So Vlada, I want to ask you now, what was your what was your take, and how did you like the 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 record "Follow the Leader"? Well, I have to say before I get into the any details that I'm not a huge fan of new metal. I could never ever get into any band that preferred that style of music. And when I was a teenager, I had an utter dislike for Korn and other bands of this back then new metal genre that seemed crude and less sophisticated compared to what came before. So I have to say that I may be slightly biased when talking about this kind of band, but I did my best to listen to these records with an open ear and an open heart. So I have to say... I had a very hard time getting through Follow the Leader. I know it's considered a new metal classic, but for me it was quite a chore to listen to these songs. Now, there are some positives. First of all, I kind of like the way this band builds the atmosphere. They always have some kind of creepy, spooky sounds in the background. Very cool intros. I like that. That gives you a feeling that there's more to this than just plain music, that there's a certain concept, that there's a certain 
artistry involved. But I still thought that this record was overall underwhelming. Uh, most of the songs kind of had the same feel to them. There wasn't much diversity. Um, the lyrics, I thought, were mostly about personal struggles. They were very self-deprecating. And while I, I really appreciate the fact that Jonathan Davis uses music as a form of catharsis for himself, I just couldn't get into this, especially given the fact that all the songs kind of shared the same sentiment. There was a certain lack of diversity again when it came to the emotional resonance of this music. So I can understand how it might appeal to somebody who fully identifies with, with these lyrics, with this music. But if you don't, then it might be very difficult to actually appreciate the record. Um, the big song here is Freak on a Leash. I can see why this was a major hit. I, it's a very catchy tune, but to be honest, again, it didn't really do much for me. And then there's another song I would like to point out, but for all the negative things. And that's All in the Family, which seems to be some kind of diss track uh, against Limp Biscuit which was another one of uh, my hated bands back in my teenage days. And I have to say, though, that Korn, to me, seems to be a, a way more serious band, a way more ambitious band than Limp Bizkit. So I would say that. But what I really dislike about this song uh, is very homophobic lyrics that just seem super cringy nowadays and completely outdated and just... Uh, Everything seems to be in, in very poor taste. What do you, Alexander, think about this? Okay. I'm on a quite opposite side. I can't say that I was impressed with this album. I think that they have better albums than this one. I can kind of understand why it was so big. And also it was featured on the Billboard 200 list. It was kind of okay. Uh, no, no big, no huge feelings from from my side. It has some nice tracks. Um, my gripe with this album is that uh, the other half kind of fades away in terms of quality. Uh, the first half is quite good, especially the songs "Freak on a Leash" and "Got the Life." That was some; uh, those were some of my, let's say, first and initial um, songs uh, when I started discovering corn uh, way before this episode actually so yeah it, it was okay i mean i would probably go back to it uh, i totally get the um the uh, controversial ly lyrics in all in the family that's something that also caught my attention when i listened to it so not not, not a positive so to say very cringeworthy, uh, right? Very cringeworthy. It was kind of, I don't know, when I heard it, I was like, what is this? Like, this is not something that I that I saw happen, that I saw happening. So, very weird. And, um, but I have to praise, uh, on, the, on the other hand, I have to praise uh, the fifth track, Children of the Corn, featuring Ice Cube. I think Ice Cube 
really was a nice fit and it is something that characterizes new metal they also incorporate rap influences you know which is you know which is okay in some cases and I I, I say that because I'm not a rap fan but in this case it uh, it was a nice match so to say uh, I agree about that I really like the inclusion of Ice Cube I think that might be one of the highlights of this record that I found so tedious to get through, but I kind of like hearing Ice Cube there. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you mentioned the Limp Biscuits and other new metal bands. Uh, I will also add Linkin Park and Slipknot. For some reason, I just don't like those bands, but Korn seem to be way ahead of them. So that's really weird. Maybe because they were... The pioneers of this of this uh, subculture, like for example, when we talk heavy metal, um, I really like Black Sabbath be Black Sabbath better than the bands that would come after them. So maybe sometimes the root band, the, the original, the pioneer, is better than than their um, than its successors. So their lis their listeners. Please tell me, do you have the same impression? Doesn't matter whether it's metal or some other type of music. Do you feel that the original uh, bands of a certain genre or subgenre are better uh, because they were the first ones to to actually uh, play that way? They were the the inventors, so to say. All right, Vladam. Um, I think we've covered we have covered everything about this uh, this record. Let's now jump straight to our ratings and favorite tracks, if you have any. Uh, my standout track here is "Got the Life," especially because uh, the bassline is good. I mean, the bass is something that's that's a clear standout with this band. I really like Fieldy's work. It's funky. It's slappy. It's also it also has some. Um, sharp sounds so really powerful and uh, he I don't he know is, uh, man I don't know it's a, the rhythm section is all right but the whole thing just uh I'm just very very unenthusiastic about all this you're a hater we all know that <laughs> um is a famous ibanez um player so that's nice to hear. That that's a brand of guitars and bass guitars that's uh, famous for producing metal instruments or instruments tailor tailored uh, for for making that sharp metal sound. Okay, "Got Life" is my standout track, and my rating is um, I'll go with uh, six point five. How about how about you, Vlada? Wow, now that's a high rating there. Um, okay, so I'll I'll be very honest here. As I said, I may have some bias, but I really tried. I paid attention to the lyrics, to the music. Having said that, it's extremely difficult for me to actually choose the highlight here because I didn't like any of the songs, okay? So no standout tracks for you, that's fine. Maybe Freak on the Leash, just because it's kind of catchy and... Oh, I, I don't know. It just seems all right compared to some other tracks. Uh, what was the track where Ice Cube is featured? 
Oh, it was the fifth track uh, called Children of the Corn. Okay, that wasn't too bad either. So I guess those two, Freak on the Leash, uh, and as far as ratings are concerned, I know that some of you Corn fans will not forgive me this. I'm really sorry, but I'll give this record 2.5. That is horrendous. It is what it is. It's just the way I feel about this album. I don't think this album can grow on me. I find it extremely difficult to actually listen to Korn. I can recognize some of their talent. I think that they are good musicians, especially the rhythm section. But there's just something that feels amiss here. Uh, Not enough diversity. Everything seems to boil down to the same kind of mood. Uh, to the same type of lyrics. So, yes, definitely 2.5. Really, really disappointing, Vlada. Oh, my God. Okay. Right, so moving on to the follow-up, which is called Issues, released in 1999. And I have to say that I, that I really like this album. Uh, first of all, something that I like about Korn in general, that Vlada mentioned in this episode is the fact that they have they often incorporate these uh, spooky creepy sounds and that's what i really like about them and that's something that really goes well really kind of um, matches jonathan's vocals so i find that authentic and really interesting and what i also like about this album is first of all the the album cover and second I like those parts of of uh, of the songs where the guitar just plays a couple of notes in the background while Jonathan raps and kind of keeps the rhythm uh, going along with the rhythm section so I don't know how uh these two albums uh issues and obviously um follow the leader i don't know how they are considered to be you know equally good i think this is this is clearly an upgrade and again i really enjoyed this the, this album uh, what about you vlada i have to agree with you here i think this is definitely a huge upgrade some of the things that irritated me on the previous record are kind of gone, at least to a certain degree. I feel that the songs are much more rich in flavor. There's more diversity, better riffs. Uh, I really enjoyed some of the riffs. have to say, um, again, I have to commend them on their ability to create atmosphere, which is even more evident here than on the previous record, especially in songs like Falling Away which has a very creepy atmosphere. Um, falling away from me. Yeah, falling away from me. Um, there's still this typical self-deprecating lyrical content, for better or worse. Uh, however, I think uh, there are some songs where I really enjoy, well, if you can use the word enjoy in this context, but I really appreciate the way how personal he gets with the lyrics, the way he gets all introspective and he gets um, 
you know, he's he's bearing his soul to the audience. And that's something to appreciate, even if you may not necessarily enjoy the musical content. Uh, one of such songs is Hey Daddy. And I think if I'm uh, familiar with, with this, uh, Jonathan Davis had problems as a child. He was uh, unfortunately sexually abused. And this is the song that talks about this and talks about the mistrust that existed between him and his parents who wouldn't believe him when he warned them about being molested by a member of an extended family. So I really appreciate that kind of content. I think that's what sets Korn out from all these other new metal bands that are more about just uh, having fun and uh, parting. Korn is a more serious band in that sense, and that's something to be celebrated. On the yeah. other hand, again, I have to say this is not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, again, the same criticism that I had for the first record that we listened to is that a lot of songs are kind of uniform in terms of the sentiments that they cover, and after a while, it just gets very boring and very difficult to keep keep up with the record. Having said that, I do think that the record kind of picks up near the end, especially with songs such as... Um, Counting. Counting, yes, that one. Counting, I really enjoy that song. I think it might be the best track on the record. And also Dirty, uh, a seven minutes, 50 seconds long song. However, it's not really that long. They have like three or four minutes of white noise tacked to the end, which I, I don't know is some kind of gimmicky stuff. I think a lot of stuff that they do does boil down to gimmicks, which is probably what made them quite popular with people as well. Sometimes these gimmicks work. Sometimes they seem a bit forced, like they're trying too hard to be edgy. So overall, an improvement over the previous record. There are good things to point out here, but at the end, it does sound a bit contrived. It does sound a bit uh, gimmicky at times uh, or too uniform. So I still have a lot of reservations about it. Yes, Vlada, I definitely agree with you on that, um, that you said that this is an upgrade and definitely is. I'm sorry guys for being predictable, but my standout track is falling away from me. But uh, obviously the rest of the album is, in my opinion, worth listening to. Apart, um, apart from this album, well not apart from this album, sorry, just lost my mind in there. Uh, what I want to say about this band in general is that I like their visual identity. You know, these dreadlocks, these tattoos, they kind of look, you know, down to earth, like those cool guys. Obviously, they remind you of the late 90s and early 2000s. I kind of like that, but uh, I still find it weird that the rest of those popular new metal bands like Slipknot or Limp Bizkit or uh, Linkin Park, they just differ from, for some reason, I, and I, I don't know why. And I also like uh, Korn's logo. You know, with that uh, weird R in, in there. Uh, it's not a weird R. It exists in Russian. 
and in some other languages, and it's yes, it's, it's uh, read as ya, right? As ya. So how corn came across it, I don't know, but it's a bit weird. So you you agree with me uh, that it's weird, right? Yeah, but uh, if you ask me, as as far as their in uh, as far as their visual identity is concerned, I think that uh, it's kind of made to appeal to uh, angsty teenagers. So um, I just don't see anything particularly moving about it. It's all I, I like the cartoonish aesthetics that they have, but. Just seems a bit forced to me that those album covers. I, I don't find them particularly attractive in any way. Uh, I once knew a guy who had several of these covers tattooed all across his body in full color. I think that speaks a lot about how faithful some of the Corn fans are, and perhaps this music being so uh, confessional and introspective really appeals to certain people they can really identify with it and identify with it quite strongly but if you don't identify with it so strongly then it may all seem a bit too as i already pointed out contrived and, and too forced fair points vlada all right so let's do our ratings and uh, vlada you can tell me first your um uh, your your standout track Okay, so my standout track is Counting. Even though I have to say there were some other cool tracks, uh, relatively speaking. Back for me had a nice doom metal-like riff, for example. Overall, not a bad record. Uh, still not my cup of tea, so I'll give it uh, 4.5. So listenable, but I just can't get into this. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. Okay, so my standout track is falling away from me. Again, sorry for being predictable, guys. Uh, if you want to know more about this album, I encourage you to listen to it uh, fully. And my rating is 8 out of 10. So, let's now move on to their latest release from 2019 called The Nothing. So, Vlada... Hit me with your thoughts. I hope you. I hope this one sounded better to you. I. I I'm just trying to kind of um, be positive here and optimistic. So well, go on. you can be positive as much as you want. That won't. That won't sway me in any way. So I have to say this was an absolutely atrocious and horrible record that should be buried six feet deep underground and never dug out for the entire history of humankind oh god no i'm just joking actually this record <laughs> is a huge improvement i really enjoyed this i have to say uh for you the triggered me come on <laughs> yes so i have to say now this was done recently and to me it sounds like uh jonathan davis and the rest of the band really reached maturity as writers as musicians and it shows in a great way. So this is uh, this is definitely a record I can get behind. Definitely something that while I may not listen to consistently, I can freely say is a good record that deserves to be listened to. 
uh, that may appeal to a great number of people who may not have listened to Korn before. Now, all the usual staples of their sound are still present, but I just think that the band sounds uh, much more visceral than on the previous records. Uh, the, the lyrics are better. Uh, the singing is much more powerful and intense. There's, a, there's great dynamics to the way he sings, the way he switches from one voice to another. Uh, so those are all really, really good things that I have to say about this. Um, atmosphere, again, they brought it up a notch. I love the atmosphere on this one as well. Um, you know what? There were some parts on this record that kind of reminded me of Soundgarden. You know, these kind of uh, choruses that, you know, like they had very melodic choruses and very powerful, intense choruses. And I think Korn in some ways did something similar here. I'm not saying it sounds exactly like Soundgarden, but it's what reminded me of. It does get a bit tiring after a while, but not because the songs are necessarily bad. It's more because uh, uh, just like the previous records, Sometimes it feels a bit like too much of the same thing. But overall, a definite improvement. Uh, as for the tracks, uh, let me think. There are a few really good tracks here. Um, Definitely. Uh, this Loss, I really like that one near the end. And this song is very emotional and very personal. Because while... Uh, reading about the background of this album, I discovered that this was recorded shortly after Jonathan Davis' wife passed away. So, knowing the tragic circumstances in which this record is made, one has to say that uh, he really tries his best to express his sense of uh, loss, grief, and despair, and he does it really well. And I think... While this is absolutely a tragedy, this record is stronger for it because it really bears that personal touch. And while on the previous records he was trying to be personal and he was trying to uh, to instill his emotional burden into the music, here he really succeeds in doing that. And uh, that's why I think this might be the band's best record overall. Uh, what's your take, Alexander? Lara, thank you very much. Uh, humanity is safe now that you actually gave some pos positive comments about Korn and, and this album. So this album, to me, uh, is a pleasant surprise, I have to be honest. Um, a lot of nice tracks. Uh, this is something that... I would listen to while doing some physical work and maybe working out or something and uh, driving and and so on, which means that it is energetic and it really boosts that adrenaline in you. That's something that I like about Korn and this this al album absolutely describes that atmosphere and that uh, sort of a feel that they give you. So it was a was a really nice listen, uh, especially the the first half of the of the album. Even though um, 
I don't want to kind of undermine the rest of the album. So yeah, really, it was really you know nice listening to it, especially if you want to uh, boost that energy. I, I have to say that I have an acquaintance that listened to that watched actually Corn live a few years back, and for some reason he thought that they weren't good at making an atmosphere that they weren't up for it so that's really weird i would say but if we look at this album it is definitely something that if you're looking for something to kind of make you mad but in a good way uh go over and check this album out that's that that's my that's my comment here and um regarding the singing i have to slightly disagree with you vlada here because I thought that uh, the singing, the vocals actually, were remixed in a, I don't know, in a, in a digital way, uh, which kind of put his vocal abil abilities down. Not much, but it was noticeable if you compare this album to the older ones. I'm not saying that's, you know, a, a big negative, but, you know, just a, just a thought from uh, from my side but overall as i said a positive positive surprise so to say so vlada having said this can you give me your rating and your and your favorite track all right so uh rating i would say 6.5 uh, a good record the band is much more mature here the songs also pack up more punch. Uh, there, are, there are all these nice transitions into choruses. Quite catchy at times. Also very atmospheric. Basically all those things that you found in the other records are amplified here for the better results. So they, they work much better. It seems like they were trying to do certain things and, and almost, I don't want to say failed, but maybe in my opinion they failed, but now with this record they finally succeeded. So definitely 6.5, the best track is uh, uh, This Loss, because I think it's very emotional, melancholy, a lot of grieving that you can sense there. It's real, it's genuine, so uh, a very nice surprise for me. Great, oh, finally. <laughs> Um, I, I want to say before I give you my rating and my favorite track, I want to say that some uh, some of these tracks remind me also of other genres. I think there is one track that really reminds me of a synth pop band uh, that was formed uh, recently, like a couple of years ago. And funnily enough, the the debut album of that synth pop band band is featured in our top 10 album album cover covers lists so dear listeners go over if you want to check this out go over check our instagram and facebook pages and uh, take a look and you might get an idea who i'm talking about so definitely you can sense uh, actually you can hear other influences but back uh, back to giving my rating um 
my rating for this album is 7.5 and the standout track is called Cold. It is the second track, but I have to say there are more tracks that are definitely worth listening to. Yeah. Alright, Vlada, so what is your what is your final word regarding this band? You know, when uh, when we kind of sum up all our reviews and impressions. What's your final take and your message to our listeners? Um, well, my take, I don't want to sound too cruel, but to me, this sound that was created in the 90s and that ruled the uh, radio waves uh, in the mid and uh, late 90s uh, seems rather crude, seems rather uh, too simple compared to the previous metal generation uh, especially the 80s metal bands and i think corn might be the best example of this music because they seem to show more ambition than most of these bands and their musicianship was pretty good but overall i just feel most of new metal is outdated now and there's a good reason why it's kind of relegated to the history, but Korn is one of the few bands that actually still makes sense. So that's a huge redeeming factor. And I challenge our listeners to give them a listen, even if they're prejudiced a bit, just like I was, especially the last record, they may still find something to enjoy. Okay, fair points, Flara. Thank you for that. So, dear listeners, take note and uh, try not to be uh, that prejudiced like Flara. That's that's my final word. If you are, uh, if you are not a metal purist uh, like some people are, definitely you should definitely check this out. I can't really recommend listening to other new metal bands. That's my personal. I don't know, my personal impression, but Korn is definitely worth listening to. I can see myself going back to these albums, and I'm certainly looking forward to that. All right. Now, dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to, to our show yet again. I hope you like the recent updates and the recent um, news on our on, on our uh, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and Twitter pages. Uh, we recently released, uh, for the first time ever, a musician interview. So I hope that you like that. And if you want to stay updated with all the all the things surrounding this show, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to support our show, uh, feel free to become a patron. We have a lot of perks for each for each uh, level, for each uh, type of patron. So check that out. Feel free to to give us any kind of feedback. And now we're giving the microphone to our friends and pod at Podrev Day. So please spare a minute to to listen to what they have to say. Till the next week. Stay safe and see you soon. Take care. Write a review and then you can share it with the world.
in any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day, Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and Castbox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day, which is on the eighth of every month of every year of every century of every you get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives, and you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.